while. And um, this is a really good, applicable message uh, for us in our spirits. Um, don't take me wrong when I say it. You know, I'll kind of explain it as I get going here. And we've got a good slide to look at. Um, but I, I thought about this, this. I almost said another th- title, but this title is You Are What You Eat. Okay, You Are What You Eat. Now, this is not, trust me, this is not, although it can be taken this way, and it's good, this is not a message on nutrition. I'm not trying to be a nutritionist here tonight, but I want to relate this to spiritual things, okay? Although it has its own value physically, and we, we all, as people here, need to try to live a long life when you try to stay alive for a long time. Um, I mentioned that, uh, I think, when we were having Pastor Dwayne's last kind of party at his house. We were all kind of in the living room, remember, talking, and everybody was eating, and, and I just said, you know what, guys, my mom just had this open-heart surgery, and uh, we need to take care of our bodies. We need to make sure that we are living a long life and that when we're 70 years old, we don't need a triple bypass. And that was one of the things that my mom told me as she was talking, as I've talked to her in the room. She said, I'm going to tell people when I get out of here, I'm going to be an advocate for people making sure that they take care of their bodies, then I talked to my father-in-law, Marvin, and he was saying that there was a report in Costa Rica about how health is your best, greatest savings account. Your health is something that you're, you're, you're taking care of your body when you're younger is something that you're leaving yourself an inheritance when you get older so that you don't have to deal with those things physically. So there is a physical side of that. I'm always going to try to lead in that way too. Everybody knows how much I like to eat. Everybody knows how much I love food and that I have to uh, try to discipline myself and I also have to try to exercise and, and uh, lead in that way of example. But the spiritual side of this is that statement of you are what you eat is um, something we think about in the spiritual. Okay, So let me give you some examples. In health, I'm, I'm relating this between health and spiritual. Our health depends on wise nutrition. How many know that's the case? If we, it, it's, it's the, kind of the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. So if I'm eating healthy things in my physical body, then I am, I am doing something good for my physical body that is based on nutrition. And th- what I put into my body physically uh, has an effect on my feelings, has an effect on my energy, has an effect on a lot of things, okay? How much, uh, act, a- how active I am and all these different things. I started to think about coming off of Sunday, Sunday's message about what God is looking for. And it was talking about how it's not an outside appearance. He's looking at the heart. Well, this relates spiritually because we have to watch what is coming into our lives. So physically, as I'm watching this, I thought, I thought about this. Everybody look at your nails for a second. It, it, I don't know like the exact details of this. I can't. I'm not a doctor, but you can. Your nails, and your skin, and your hair are the things that reproduce in your body. Okay, and what's crazy is um, I think a lot of times I was talking to my brother-in-law about this before that a lot of times we know things but we don't like really know them. We don't really think about it. You can look at your nails, and your nails can tell you how healthy or how sick you are. You know, there's certain things that you would see in your nails if they were dark or different color or they were rough or different things that is a representation of what is inside of your body, okay? 
And uh, obviously our nails grow. Some nails, people's nails grow faster, right? Women want them to grow fast so they'd be long. And men would like them to grow slow so we don't have to cut them so often. Um, but your nails grow. Uh, my, my case would be hair. Hair grows fast. It just doesn't always grow in the right places. Amen. I got an area that stopped growing for some reason. Um, and then you got your skin. Our skin, many of you know this, some of you don't. Our skin, re, almost like a snake, every 30 days regenerates itself. And, and, and all of our skin kind of goes into the air and goes, it's kind of gross if you think about it, but our skin reproduces itself and the health of our skin has a lot to do with what we eat. Okay? So that same thought as you think about nails and skin and then the other one is blood. Have you ever been to the doctor and they say, um, we're going to take your blood. When they're looking at your blood, they can know how you're eating. Okay, by what you're putting into your blood. And then how many have ever gotten sick or been to the doctor to do a checkup or you've had stomach pains or whatever? And what's the, what does the doctor ask you? What have you been eating? Okay, so I'm saying all that because a lot of times we can get a picture, spiritual picture, of how our life is spiritually by what we have been eating spiritually. What we're ingesting, what we're taking in, and it's a constant thing we have to remind ourselves of. So the same way we can see in our nails, see in our hair, see in our skin, the nutrition of what we eat, the, other, the same way is emotionally and spiritually we can tell where we are by what we're putting into our minds, okay? Through what we see and what we hear, what we read we listen to, what we watch, are things we have to be careful about. So here's Proverbs 23, verse 7. And this is the spiritual, what you are, sorry, you are what you eat. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Okay? So there's the spiritual relation between what I just said about you are what you eat. What, is, what you spiritually ingest, what you spiritually take in, is what comes out of your heart. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So we understand there's another verse that I don't have tonight, but it says, what does it say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, does anybody know how to finish it? Speaks. Okay? So, so what I'm putting in is what's going to come out. We can't expect to uh, ha put, put uh, ungodly things into our life, watch ungodly things, hear ungodly things, see ungodly things, do ungodly things, and expect godliness to come out of us. Okay? We talk so much about how we want uh, to be around people and we want them to look at us and see Jesus in us. Well, Jesus has got to be coming in us to, for it to come out of us. Well, you are what you eat, okay, spiritually. And uh, this is, uh, going off of what I said a second ago, this is a fact. Every 35 days, your skin replaces itself. And then this is really interesting. How many know that the liver is something that regenerates itself? A lot of people know that. A lot of people don't. But I think you might not know how frequently it does. A, a, a damaged liver can regenerate itself in 30 days. Totally regenerate itself if it gets bad and it gets sick. So when you think about, for example, somebody who dies of uh, liver, liver disease, which is called cirrhosis of the liver, can you imagine how much they have to drink? If the liver replaces itself every 30 days when it's damaged, someone is drinking so much liquor to get to a place where now it will not repair itself when God made it to repair itself. That's a whole other message. Amen. Why we don't drink. Can I get a better amen? amen? 
Not even a little bit. And so then he says your liver replaces itself about once a month. It makes new cells from the food you eat. And so it says what you eat literally becomes you. So that statement, you are what you eat, literally is true. You, you literally are what you eat. And so that made me think of Romans 12, if you'll go to there, to Romans 12. And Paul got ahead of me tonight and read verse 2 in the offering. But, and I want, I want us to look at this. And this is kind of maybe the key verse tonight of the thinking of, I am what I eat. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, he's basically saying, I beg you, I admonish you, this is serious. Listen closely, he's saying, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So God is saying, now listen, I'm, I'm not trying to, to just, like I said, this isn't about just the physical side, or, but it is something we have to watch. We cannot physically expect to be healthy if we don't ever eat. Put that, uh, we're going to come back to two in a second. Put the other picture back up there again. The, the left side tastes great. It tastes great. It's, it, it, I love hamburgers, love french fries. All, those are, pizza's wonderful. You can't eat that every day and expect to be healthy. And, and on the other side, some of those things, people not only don't like, they just say, I'm not eating that. How, you know how kids grow up? You know, I'm not eating that. Those green things have got to, I was telling my, my, my little nephew, Sam, Sam, Sammy, Samuel, uh, you got to eat that green stuff. You want to be big like uncle. You know, you got to, I'm just trying to encourage him, eat that green stuff. And, and, you know, I've talked to you all about the apple cider vinegar. This is a good plug for me to plug that in. You know what? If it's good for you, eat it. Don't matter how it tastes, right? If it's, I tell Carla, if it's good for me, I'm eating it. I'm going to find a way to get it in my body. And, you know, you have those things. So I kind of relate that a lot of times to that apple cider vinegar is kind of like reading Proverbs or reading First Chronicles or reading Lamentations. You know, it's like, what in the world is this saying? And I don't get it, but as I'm reading it, I'm doing something for my spiritual self, right? And so it would be easy to just read John all day long or read certain Psalms or whatever, but, or book, book of Acts. But when we, do those th- when we read those things and, and take in those things that are not so exciting, it's doing something for our spiritual bodies. Okay, what I take in does something for me. So I have to make that choice that I cannot just sit there and watch TV all day long. I can't just sit there and watch social media all day long. I, when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm on the left side. When I'm watching social media all day, when I'm watching TV all day, if I let the devil get me into some kind of pornography or I'm doing something like, I'm, I'm on the left side over there. I'm doing stuff that's damaging my spirit. I'm doing stuff that's causing my, myself pain and, and it's going to eventually uh, give me cancer. It's going to eventually kill me. And so i got to make sure that I'm on the right side and that I'm intaking the right stuff. And, and that's what God is saying. Um, it, he, I, like I said, I love cake. I love chocolate. I love ice cream, all stuff. But you got to know when to say no. Right? This is a tough time of that part of the year. Or you got to get to where you take a little bit of it, not a lot. But those things right there are relatable to the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with watching a TV program as long as it's godly and not, or not even godly, not ungodly. 
There's nothing wrong with watching the game. There's nothing wrong with looking at social media or whatever. But if you're doing that, and it's constant, and it's overcoming, and it's taking time away from the good stuff, then that's where your problem is. Okay, that's where he's trying to say that as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. You have to have a balance in that. You have to get those things in. So going back to verse 2, he says, Don't be conformed to this world. And as I read this about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that makes me think about that liver that's renewing itself all the time. That when we get into the Word and we wake up in the morning and we say, God, I had some, some ungodly thoughts yesterday. God, I had some uh, ungodly uh, actions. I did some things I didn't want to do or I said some things I didn't want to say. I want to renew my mind today so, that, so, I can, so I can clean that out and then good stuff will start coming out of me. Okay, garbage in, garbage out, good in, good out. Jesus has to be the key to our lives. He has to be the answer to everything. We have to make sure that we are taking him in on a daily basis. Okay, make sure that he's number one in our lives. Here's some things to think about. What we read and we view has a def- effect on us. What our children are taking into their minds is what they will become. Okay, and, and today in our day and age, parents that have young kids, you have to ha- fight extra hard with those apparatuses. You have to fight extra hard, and, and it's an easy thing to just give them the phone and say, hey, go, go watch that, and there's nothing wrong with them watching, but they, they need interaction, and we need interaction. Some of the healthiest things you can do is sit and have a conversation with somebody. Talk to somebody, amen? We just actually, actually uh, stimulate your mind. Because when we're constantly looking and watching and listening, it's doing something to us. And if you think about it, it would be like a doctor saying, hey, how is your fat intake? He said, the doctor said, you got high cholesterol. What are you eating? And God would say, your kid or you have got a high fat intake of mental screen time. <laughs> You, you've been in front of the screen too long. Amen? Now, again, I'm not taking away from that. I'm not going to lie. I wish I'd have had them when I had my girls. It would have been a lot easier to put something in front of them every, every once in a while. But the interaction is something we're teaching them. When was the last time your kids watched you read the Bible? When was the last time your kids saw you praying? That's why it's so important to pray over the food. That's why it's so important to maybe have a family prayer meeting. So important to have a day, you know, get together and read the Bible. Those things are things your your kids are going to watch. They're gonna they're gonna have an affection for what they see. This is kind of a weird example, but I think it's valid. Um, how many can remember your first car? Let's see if you can remember your first car. Some of you that's been in the last couple years, and someone like me has been a long time. But there's, it's funny because my first car was a Volkswagen Bug. Nothing cool about that at all, right? I mean, that's probably one of the ugliest cars ever made. But I have an affection still for a Bug. Like I see a Volkswagen Bug and I like them. It's weird. 
Because that's what I saw when I was younger. I was very, you're very um, open to those things. And those things, you know, those mental memories you have. And, and a lot of you guys might not have known. I'll tell you this story because I, I was telling someone, I think I was telling maybe Jimmy today about this, that my first car was that bug. I got it when I was 14. And my grandpa had it. And he had wrecked it. He did carpet. This is funny. My grandpa laid carpet. He was a carpet installer. He never had a truck. He put the carpet on top of the Volkswagen bug. And he got all his tools in there and everything. And for some reason, I just liked that car that he had. And then, and then later on, I was like, I thought, I want to buy this from my grandpa someday. And then he wrecked it. And I thought a little less about buying it. But then I still want it because it was cheap. I bought it for $300. Okay? And that was a long time ago. So I bought it, and I had two years to fix it up. I put it to a body shop, and I, and I got it painted, and I put a sunroof in it, and I put these cool chairs in it, and I, and I, and I put rims on it, and it was nice. had a sound system in it. And then, but the problem is, is my dad was, no, I love my dad, but he was busy working. And my dad didn't tell me that you got to check the oil. So that's very important. Like I sent a text to my daughters and wife today and said, hey, it's, the, it's Halloween. Watch out when you're driving. Here's a daddy-husband tip today. There's a lot of cops out. It's the end of the month. They're looking for their quota. Be careful with your speeding. And then I said, make sure you go buy discount tire and get your airs checked for good, you know, so you have good gas mileage. Go get you some Lucas every three or four tanks. So I'm teaching them these things that they can think about. And my dad, unfortunately, at that point was too busy to, to tell me you need to check the oil. Sounds, sounds simple, sounds duh, but I did not check the oil. So I finally get my license. I finally get that car fixed up. Had it about three months. And I'm rolling after church one day on the freeway. All cool, and my Volkswagen brug was dropped to the ground. And that was the stupidest thing I ever did, too, because it was so low that you could hit a cigarette butt, and it would, it would, it would bump. So I literally would be like this down the road, you know. But I loved that car. I loved the sound of it. I loved everything about it. And all of a sudden, I'm on the freeway, and all of a sudden, I hear a noise. Kind of like that for a long time. Smokes everywhere, and on the side of the road, my bug died. No oil. Zero oil. Why do I say all that? Because there's, there's an example of the intake, right? Putting stuff into it, what you put out of it. But the biggest thing of that is the affection that I had for a bug at a very young age. Your kids are watching you. It was really cool. I was, I was reading through some of those really cool cards that you guys put in uh, the jar. And, and I just grabbed a few I know I'm supposed to only read one a day, I think, but I grabbed a few and I was enjoying it. And uh, one of, several of them were from kids. And so, and, and one of them said, I just want to thank you for uh, teaching my dad and helping my dad uh, get off drugs. And I was like, man, the kids are paying attention. Kids are watching us. So, so it's important. Why am I saying that? Because we need to be um, on purpose. It's not that we're doing it so people say, oh, man, they read the Bible. The kids need to see that. I was talking last Friday at Discipleship about how I remember my mom and dad sitting at the table full of bills, lots of bills, not able to pay the house, not able to pay things, and to have that memory of them taking out their check. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not. I've never asked them if they did it on purpose. But I remember them taking out the checkbook and writing a tithe check when they couldn't even pay the house. 
And so that's why for all my life I've been a tither, because I watched my parents trust God. So those are things I'm telling you. We can't expect our kids to do things we don't do. We can't expect them to like vegetables if we don't like vegetables. Right? We can't expect them to like the Bible if we don't like the Bible. Can't expect them to go to church if we don't go to church. Right? So we are what we eat. What that means is we are what we talk about. What are we talking about at the dinner table? What, what, are we, what are we mentioning? Are we making it to where there's a culture in our kids' lives that they say, man, God, God is the king of our house, not only at church, but in the difficult times, at the dinner table, uh, the, the, at those moments where, where things are rough. Okay, how many are following me? So it's easy for us to think about the philosophy of reading, watching, and hearing. But the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Listen to this. Whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there's any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So God is saying, here's the recipe for what you should take into your lives so that what comes out is good. You know the verse that pass, the Bible says that peace passes all understanding? That comes after we do that. You can't expect to have peace in your heart if you're watching Halloween tonight. Okay? Let me just put a plug in there. Watch what you let your kids watch. My kid has nightmares all the time. I will, duh, if you just watched a Halloween movie with people getting their heads cut off, what do you expect them to have? Amen? I mean, it's kind of duh, but common sense is something that's not really easy to grasp for some reason nowadays. It's, a, it's kind of bygone. So violence and all these different things, we have to watch what our kids are watching. And, and it's funny because we were talking about uh, Elisa, my little three-year-old niece. Jose couldn't believe that she's able to put something in the phone and type the words that she watches a video on YouTube. It's a it's totally innocent and cool video. It's like kids making stuff and all that. But he's like, how in the world does she find that on YouTube? Think about it. So we got to watch them while they're watching because they could type in something else. Right? It's real easy for something else to come up. It's just, it's, we got to watch what's coming in. It's just something that we have to continually keep our minds on. Think about this. People who feed their minds with lots of entertainment develop lazy minds. Lazy minds. When we watch too much TV and we watch too much television or we're, we're too busy on uh, watch, looking at uh, celebrity magazines or we're watching Instagram or Facebook too much, we're, we're setting ourselves up to fail. Because our minds are becoming weak. Okay? How many are still here? Amen. Let me begin to close with this. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 gives us a very powerful recipe as well. It says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their, their mind on the things of the Spirit. So I've given this example a lot of times in, 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 our, in our services, in our messages. When I come in here tonight on a Wednesday night and we begin to sing a song and we begin to praise, the question is, how long has it been since I praised? Has it been since Sunday morning? 
When was the last time that I worshipped? Has it been since Sunday morning when we did it as a church? Or have I had some time of praise and worship on my own, by myself? Have I been ingesting? When was the last time I read the Bible? Was it Sunday morning at church? Or have I read since then? Those are things, I have. how many have that Holy Bible app? Let me see your hands. I know a lot of you do. And it's actually really exciting for me. I'm not friends with everybody on there. But it is exciting for me when I go to read in the morning or at night. And I kind of scroll through just for fun. And, and I see people who've read verses and they've liked them and they've bookmarked them or whatever. And I'll put a little heart there just so they see that I'm seeing that they read. It's exciting to see like Danny and, and, uh, and, and other teenagers. I don't. There's someone that's, that knows a teenager in our church, but I don't know who it is, uh, the name. But there's other people, and I see adults, and I, I love to see that they're reading the Bible. It's exciting. That, that, that makes me happy. I think that makes God happy. Amen? That you get out of bed and you say, you know what, i got to spend some time with God because if I don't get in the Word this morning, I'm going to be very carnal. I'm going to be very fleshly. And so those who live according to the flesh... Set their minds on things of the flesh. So if you're fleshly, you wake up and you don't want the Bible, you don't want worship, you want flesh. And when you feed the flesh, the flesh gets stronger. Some of the things that we think about are so true, but they're also so hard to grasp sometimes. If I'm feeding my flesh, what am I starving? My spirit. I cannot feed my flesh and my spirit at the same time. It, 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 just, doesn't, it just doesn't work. So I have to understand that if I'm, if I'm starving my flesh, then I'm feeding my spirit. And so if I'm healthy spiritually, it's because I'm, I'm pushing those things away that my flesh wants. Those desires, those carnal things. And I'm living according to the Spirit. So listen to this. The secret, I'm going to begin to close with this. The secret of a healthy mind is the retention and meditation of Scripture. Okay? The secret. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get this. The secret to spiritual health is retention and meditation of the Scriptures. Okay, this is something that I've had to battle for years because of, for example, my like of sports. I feel convicted if I know more the record of my team that I like than I know verse. If I know more of the stats of a basketball player or football player or something than I do the Bible. Those are things we, if you know more about uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines... And, and there's nothing wrong with Chip and Joanna Gaines. There's nothing wrong with a basketball game. But if you, if you, if you sit down with somebody, how many know when you sit down with somebody, you're going to find out what their passion is? You're going to find out by what they talk about. If, for example, you sit down with somebody who doesn't have good eating habits, they're, they're, they go to a restaurant, you don't have to wonder what they're going to order. They're going to order a hamburger. They're going to order pizza. They're going to order something that's not healthy. And it's okay to eat those things every once in a while. Or if, or if you're on vacation or whatever, or around the holidays you do more. But I'm saying it's like some people you know, they're not going to order nothing healthy. You can just be sure there's not going to be no vegetables on that plate. Because you know that they're going to order the juiciest, fattest, thickest thing out there. And that's just it, that, because that's what their minds are set on. So when you're sitting and talking to somebody, Jesus should come out. The word of God should come out. 
The things of God should come out. What we do at our church should come out. Those things, the people we love, all those things that are in our minds should come out. But that starts with a retention of Scripture. I mentioned to this you a few months, a few months ago how biblically illiterate we are. Right? I gave you some of those examples about the things that people thought of the Bible. So I'm going to close with this last example. That would be a good challenge for us uh, tonight to try to c- kind of maybe be like this. Um, there's this book called The Inner You. It's just, I'm not going to say the guy's name. It doesn't matter. Um, and this guy was talking about memorizing scriptures for successful soul winning. I mean, know when you're witnessing to somebody, you can't whip the Bible out and go find the scripture and hold it. And you need to have it in you. They need to see that it's it. You can say the Bible says, and John 3.16 says, and Romans 10.9.10 says this, and you, we need to get that scripture in us. And so he's doing this challenge, and he says that, that uh, this man, as he began to serve, as many of us do, we begin to serve God and begin to get a pricked interest for the things of God. Now we know we need to read the Bible, but we're not really good at it. We don't really know how to handle it or manage it. It takes a long time sometimes. But a lot of times the reason we don't do good is because our minds aren't disciplined. And we don't do that simple thing of saying, you know what, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm reading Scripture whether I understand it or not. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's just like like exercise. You don't see results overnight. Amen. I I was, uh, you know, some of you guys know the push-up thing I, I, I challenged you on. I'm still doing it. I haven't stopped. I did it for 30 days. Now I'm at like 45, and I'm, I plan to continue to do that the rest of my life if I can. So I'll go over, over at the rehab with my dad, and my dad's going to have to do a lot of lifting with my mom. But my dad has lost a lot of weight. He's also lost a lot of muscle, and so he has no muscle. He's skin and bones. And I said, Dad, you can start doing push-ups. But he says, I can't get down on my knees. And I said, it's okay. Get up against the wall and just start doing some push-ups and start building up that muscle. And so he said, okay. And so one day I went by there. He says, I did 25 today. I was like, awesome. And then I went another day, and he was all excited. He said, man, I did 75 push-ups today. And I was like, good. And the other day I went by, he said, I did 125 push-ups today. So Pastor Andrew's gone from 25 to 75 to 125. He's just doing it every single day. And then he goes, feel my arm, feel my arm. And obviously he didn't say that the first day, but now it's been a week, and you can feel a little something. Because a little bit. A times a lot equals a lot. It's, you're not going to know the Bible overnight. You're not going to have a, a, a be able to just handle the word overnight. But you have to discipline yourself. How many of us could begin? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand to say, you know what? I want to start script, memorizing some scripture. I want to start learning some scripture. So this guy that I'm talking about here, he says that he began to fill his Bible with references and he began to find stuff about counseling and, and evangelism and finding you know, key verses and stuff. I mean, you're not going to be witnessing to somebody and say, go to Matthew 1 and read the begats. Okay, you don't need to memorize the begats to witness. Okay? So obviously there's certain parts of the Bible that are, that are important for what you're trying to do. It doesn't take away that those aren't important. So he says, listen as I close, he says he rose early in the morning and and chose a seemingly difficult passage, which was Romans 10, 9 and 10. He said he paced the room saying to himself, I'm going to memorize this scripture. I'm going to memorize this scripture. And it says he struggled with it for a half an hour. But then he finally succeeded in memorizing it completely. The next morning... He reviewed it and reinforced those verses. So the next morning he woke up and he could quote that verse again right away. 
And so it's the same, it's like muscle memory, okay, same thing. It's just like with those push-ups. As you start to do more push-ups, your, memory, your muscles begin to go, I can do this. I remember this from yesterday. And then and it gets a little easier every time. It's the same thing with Scripture. So he began to memorize it. He got that one down. Listen, he kept reviewing his chosen passages and adding in new ones until it dawned on him one day that he had a hundred Bible verses memorized. A hundred Bible verses. Okay, that's a big step. But you don't get to the hundred Bible verses without doing one. That's, that, I think that that's our problem last time. That's kind, of, that's kind of been a revelation to me, myself, over the last few years. That there's so much that you want to do and with good intentions, but we don't do anything. Because we want to go climb a mountain when we can't even climb a molehill. We want to speak to a mountain and, and, and bind cancer, but we can't even believe that God can heal a headache. We want to go win the whole world in, 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 all at once, but we don't even witness to our neighbor. How many are with me? You've got to start doing something small. It's like eating right. You're not just going to wake up one morning and never eat a hamburger again and never eat pizza again and eat broccoli all day long. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It takes steps. It takes baby steps. It takes disciplining your mind. The story ends with this guy. that By the end of his life, he had learned over 20,000 verses. And he could locate them by chapter and verse without his Bible. Now think about this. It says here, no wonder his Christian life was full of joy. No wonder his Christian life was full of joy. Because he had wisdom. He had tools to evangelize. He had answers for all his questions. But they're all here. They're all here. We just got to read it. We just got to apply ourselves. We just got to, and again, I'm not up here saying you can't watch TV. I'm not saying go sell your TV and never look at social media. I'm not saying that. But you've got to get to a place where you realize if I'm struggling, there's probably a reason why. If I'm feeling, if, if my stomach hurts and I, my belly aches, as they say, and I, and I got pain, there's probably something I ate that I shouldn't have ate. It's the same thing spiritually. If things are not right, I, that's probably something I'm not doing right. I'm probably letting the flesh overcome me too much. I've got to get a hold of that. Think about this. If Jesus came to your house today and knocked on your door and walked into the spiritual kitchen of your mind, what would be in your fridge? Think about that. What would be in your fridge? What, what, is, what has been on your mind today? I'm talking about work, yeah, you work stuff, of course. But but has it been carnal things? What's in the what's in the shelves of your mind? Because what's in the shelves of your mind is what you put there. And and that's the thing we have to answer our question. We have to look at the shelves of our mind and say, are the things in my mind godly? Are the things in my mind uh, just? Are they pure? Are they righteous? Are they holy? Are they of virtue? Are they lovely? Are they of good report? And then once something begins to get bad, you got to go get it out, right? We, we, we were going to eat the other day and went to the refrigerator and it was too cold and the lettuce and the spinach was nasty. Got to throw it away. Get rid of it. Some of us might have some stuff in our spiritual fridge that's way past expiration. 
I'll never forget going to my mamaw's. She's up in heaven, so she's gone. She can't get mad at me. Me and my sister were visiting one time, and we went to her fridge to get something out. And my wife kind of has this a little bit, just not nearly as bad. Stuff gets bad in there. It's like for a long time, right? And we went and looked at this jar or something. And it was like the year 2000. We were in the year like 2013. And we found a jar that was in there from 2005. And I was like, wow. And then all of a sudden it became fun. We're like, what if there's something else? And we kept looking. And we found one thing in, Ma- in Mamaw's fridge that was from 1997 when they moved to, when we moved to Texas. Like 15 years old. Yeah, you think, how in the world is that possible? Do you not go into your fridge? That might happen to us. There might be some stuff in our spiritual fridge that we need to get out. Maybe we don't even realize it's poisoning us. Maybe it's an anger issue. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's jealousy, whatever, unforgiveness. There's some things in there. How many know that old spring cleaning thing's good? Go in, get all the trash out, go get all the stuff out. You know, stuff that's not right, throw it away. So we need to do that in our own spiritual lives. Someone once said, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Okay, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. So that goes back to the first verse in Proverbs 23, 7. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. Father, tonight we ask you to help us realize that we are what we eat spiritually. That what goes in to our eyes, that what goes into our minds, that what goes into our hearts is what's going to come out in our words. It's what's going to come out in our actions. None of us are perfect in this. None of us have arrived. None of us will ever arrive. We're always going to battle with this till you take us home because we're, we're human. We're flesh. But it's our job tonight to be disciplined. It's our job to make sure that, Lord, we don't allow that garbage in. We watch what we're watching. That we watch what we're listening to. That we watch what we're spiritually taking in. Because what comes in is going to come out. Tonight, all over this place, challenge us. Challenge me. I challenge myself, God, to become still more than ever. A devourer of the Word of God. Help us to memorize Scripture. Help us to memorize the books of the Bible. Help us to know that, that doing that, God, is not a waste of time. But it's a blessing and it's, it brings forth fruit. Father, tonight just search our spiritual refrigerators and tell us if there's anything expired. Tell if there's anything in there that's rotten that needs to be removed, God. Help us tonight to see those things, to not have so much clutter in there that things get lost. But Lord, let us renew our minds every day, Father. Every day, Lord, we ask. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place on a rainy Wednesday night, most of us here tonight are family. We've come in to receive a word tonight, but we know people are listening online and we want to make sure that anybody here and anybody listening online can, can make Jesus Lord of their life tonight. How many would say, I need Jesus tonight. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I, I've never made him Lord of my life. And tonight I know that I can't get any of this stuff right until Jesus comes in and forgives me of my sins. I need to be 
changed. I need to be transformed tonight. How many all over this place would say, would you remember me tonight in prayer? I need Jesus. I need to be saved right now. Here I am. We're going to stand tonight in this place and we're going to say the sinner's prayer. I, I believe that this message is going to bless somebody and we'll, we'll close the message out online with this, but I want everybody in this place to say with me the sinner's prayer. And I want everybody in this place to say it from their heart and, and us to rem memorize scripture. Romans 9, 10, 10, 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was risen from the dead we will be saved and tonight I want you to say this after me Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner because Romans 3.23 says the wages sorry for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life Romans 8, 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, I call on you tonight, and I ask you to forgive me. Because your word says in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life tonight and make yourself home. I open the door to my heart tonight as it says in Revelations 3.10. Jesus, change me tonight because any man who's in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Lord, take control of my mind, of my heart, and of my life tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight we're going to open up the altar, and if you want to just spend a few minutes with God, we're going to sing a song. This is a good moment to just say, God, I'm going to come down, and I want to open up the doors of my spiritual refrigerator, and I want you to come in and look and see what's in there, God, that's maybe expired, maybe needs to be thrown away. Isn't, isn't good for me. It doesn't have any spiritual value. It's not, it's not helping me. Lord, any, any things I read, any things I listen to, things that are, that are not blessing my spirit, that are causing me to live a way that I don't want to live. Or maybe even open up doors to attitudes or opening up doors to situations in my life that could cause me troubles and problems. Let's just spend a few night, a few moments tonight in the presence of the Lord and just let Him deal with us and minister to us and heal us. And let's think on those things that are just and pure and noble and of good report tonight. Thank you, Father.